What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, October 26th, 2020. Anything happen over the weekend? Anything of note? Anything exciting going on in the world of sports? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What a weekend this was in sports. I mean, before I even get into baseball, before I even talk about what just went down, games three through five of the 2020 World Series, I mean, a great weekend in sports overall, a a small sense of normalcy returning to our lives, a phenomenal victory for my Michigan Wolverines dominating the Minnesota Golden Gophers on Saturday, 49-24. To to hear more insight on that game, you can listen to my other podcast, The Brewcast, AmazingBrew.com. That will be uploaded uh, probably Tuesday morning. A a great victory for the Detroit Lions, who really I could care less about, but a a phenomenally fun last-second victory, a little Matt Stafford magic as they beat the Atlanta Chokins. I mean the Atlanta Falcons in the fourth quarter there on the final play of the game, a touchdown to TJ Hawkinson. And then the, the piece de resistance, some amazing, I mean, and I, I mean this, amazing World Series games went down over the weekend. And I'm always split. I'm split when people talk about certain series and refer to them as classics. Oh, this was an amazing series. What a classic series that went the distance. To me, like, I would much rather have a five-game series in which every game is close than a seven-game series in which every game is is a knockout. Every game is a blowout. Like, everyone talked about how great last year's World Series was, and it's like, okay, game seven was fun, but every game besides that was, like, never close. A lot of these were blowouts. Game one last year was close, but besides that, you know, you had a lot of beatdowns. What just went down over the these last three games or so was truly a sight to behold. So much fun. I'm going to be spending the entire show recapping all three of those ball games. Dodgers currently hold a 3-2 series lead in this best of seven World Series. Barely, barely hold a 3-2 series lead. Probably in segment one, I'm just going to be recapping games three and four. And in segment two, I'll be talking about last night's game as the Dodgers took a 3-2 lead. But we'll start with game three, which was a far and away the, the inferior game of the weekend. Not as dull as game one was, but a rather dull game nonetheless. You know, I said last week that I felt like whoever won game three would win the series because it was a battle of, of these teams' two best pitchers. And I've said before, you know, when you knock another team's ace out, when another team's ace takes an L that they expected to be a W, they're immediately playing from behind, and that's essentially what we've gotten so far in this series. Charlie Morton had been brilliant. In October, he'd been brilliant for the Rays, not just this postseason, but last. A 5-0 record with Tampa Bay coming into Friday's game. He got completely manhandled. A a rough outing for him. Four in the third inning, seven hits, five earned runs, one walk, and six strikeouts. And on the other end, you had Walker Bueller, who was just spectacular. Six innings, three hits, one earned run, one walk, ten strikeouts. The first pitcher in World Series history. How crazy is this? The first pitcher in World Series history, to go six innings and strike out 10. And this kid's only in his third year, through 93 pitches. I probably would have let him go one more, the way he was rolling. I mean, Walker Bueller absolutely shoves. And you know, I'm going to talk about Kershaw here in segment two, and I'm going to have a lot of praise for Clayton Kershaw in segment two for what he did, not just last night, but throughout this whole postseason so far. But to me, the Dodgers' ace, their go-to number one in October is Walker Bueller, in my opinion. That dude has such an incredible way about him, the way he carries himself, but most importantly, because a lot of guys carry themselves well. Like, if you want to be a pitcher in the major leagues and be successful, you need to have a pretty solid demeanor. 
What matters here is this guy's stuff and, and, and the confidence in which he, he throws that stuff. I mean, fastball, you know, close to triple digits consistently. Great cutter, great slider, great curveball. I, I just... I have nothing but admiration for how Walker Bueller has carried himself over the last three years. It can't be easy for a guy to come into an organization right away, get called up right away, and know that if he contributes, he's going to be pitching big games. He's going to be pitching postseason games. And so far, he has passed with flying colors in both of his World Series appearances. He's been tremendous. Two World Series appearances so far in his short career. He's pitched 13 innings and given up one earned run. You cannot ask for any more out of what Walker Bueller has given the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he was a big reason why they took a 2-1 series lead after Game 3, 6-2 victory. A fairly uneventful, boring game. The only real interesting storyline was the fact that Walker Buehler was just absolutely fantastic. Then you get to Game 4. A top 5 World Series game of the last decade, and I might even be lowballing it. I mean, I know a lot of people put it ahead of Game 5 of the 2017 World Series because that game was was tainted because of the Astros sign-stealing scandal, and I get it. This thing was back and forth and back and forth. You had great offensive performances. You had some good pitching performances, but where it was made was the final inning of that game. You had Kenley Jansen coming in to close it out, and look, I've I know my prediction game is not always great, and I am, I'm pretty darn good at ripping myself to shreds when I'm wrong, but that also means I got to give myself some credit when I know I'm right, and I have known really since 2018, you go back to the 2018 season, I've known Kenley Jansen just is not an elite closer anymore. The man has had an amazing career, and at his peak, was the best reliever in baseball. In 2017, Kenley Jansen had one of the finest seasons by a closer that we've seen in recent memory. He was amazing. But we've seen him in the regular season over the last couple of years blow saves. We've seen him in the postseason blow saves. There's so many numbers that stand out. Gives up more home runs. Gives up more hard contact. Opponent batting average up. Opponent OPS is up. The velocity on the cutter is way down. He came in to that ninth inning against the bottom of the Rays lineup and... You could see him struggling a little bit, but he got to two outs. And and before I jump into what happened here, I know there's going to be a lot of people, Kenley Jansen himself included, came out and said this, that are going to say, well, you can't really blame Kenley, didn't give up any hard contact. I'll tell you why that that is not a fair excuse. One, that's baseball. You know, sometimes you get bad luck. Like, I I understand, you know, stuff like FIP and stuff like hard hit rate are valuable stats stats in terms of viewing a pitcher's actual importance. I get that, but when you're playing in a World Series, that stuff throws is thrown out the window. You either give up a hit or you don't. And the fact is, a lot of those weak contact singles that Kenley Jansen gave up in, in Game 4 and a lot of the, the weak hits at points that he's given up over the last several years, those are hits that would have been swinging strikes in during Kenley's like prime, you know, the 2013 to 2017 Kenley. Like, yes, is it a little bit of bad luck involved? But sure, but it also speaks to kind of his diminishing stuff over the last several seasons. 
where I knew he was in trouble, and Randy Rosarena has been the best pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays this postseason, one of the greatest postseason hitters of all time. He has had one of the single greatest postseasons in the history of professional baseball, but he had a Rosarena, I believe, one and two, and threw several really non-competitive pitches to him. And I understand, you know what, you don't want to give him anything great, you don't want to give him anything juicy, Brett Phillips is on deck, but you don't. You also don't want to bounce something. He bounced a 3-2 slider, and even a Rosarena looked at looked around like, are you kidding me? That's what he just gave me? And up next came Brett Phillips. Brett Phillips is kind of widely regarded throughout Major League Baseball for a couple things. One, a great interview, a wonderful guy, uh, you know, very, very infectious laugh, fun guy to talk to. Two, a great defender, you know, was has a great arm, was covers a lot of ground in the outfield, did in Milwaukee, did in Kansas City. But three, the big one, the guy is not a good professional hitter. And he came up there, and Kenley was gifted two strikes. Jansen threw two pitches out of the zone that were called strikes. Phillips battled hit an RBI single to center field, and, and then all hell broke loose. Chris Taylor bobbled a ball in center field. That moved Rosarena to third. They decided to send him home. Max Muncy threw it home. Uh, in the meantime, Randy Rosarena falls down, stumbles, does a complete somersault as he's rounding third, tries to head back to third base. The throw comes home. Will Smith misses the ball. Rosarena, you know, reverses course, slides back home, ending the game. The Rays win eight to seven. The, I have I tweeted this out, and I'm not even tweeting that much anymore. But that was one of those instances where I had to just throw something out there. I have never seen a baseball game end like that. As wild as it gets, an all-time classic World Series game, the first true great baseball moment of 2020. And I know people are going to disagree with me. And even at points, I kind of disagree with myself. I thought what Fernando Tatis did this year, kind of setting the baseball world on fire was incredible. But like what Tatis did in that wild card round against the Cardinals was the result of a baseball season that had to expand their postseason because of how much of a joke this 60 game season was. Like he had, he went off and the Padres went off in the preliminary rounds of, of kind of a meaningless postseason. And as, as amazing as that was, like, this was the first truly, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened baseball moment of 2020. The Rays with an immaculate, incredible comeback victory there in the ninth inning off of Jansen. And that even the series at two games apiece. And it reminded me of several games that we've seen in the past where a team loses a playoff game, but we'll just stick to the World Series, where a team loses a World Series game, and immediately in that instant you say, how in the world are they going to recover from this? And the, and the instances that I think of, 2002, the Giants blowing, I think it was a five-run lead in the seventh and eighth inning against the Angels. Guess what? The next night, the Angels won game seven. They won the World Series. 2011, the Rangers in back-to-back -back innings down to their last strike lose that game, lose game seven the next night. The Cardinals behind David Fries' heroics win the World Series. Now, 2017, the Dodgers had that game one seemingly at several points, and then they lose game five. They go on to lose game seven. We've seen so many instances in which a team, you know, blows a game they should have won and end up coughing up the series. Tigers in 2013, not a World Series game, but, you know, Benoit throws a meatball to Ortiz. They never recover from that. They were better than the Red Sox that year, and they ended up blowing it because they blew that save in game two. And I really wondered... How were the Dodgers going to respond in Game 5 last night? And we're going to talk about it here in segment number 2. We'll be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing 
flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we are back. So last night, Game 5 of the World Series, it was the Dodgers who bounced back, came out on top with a 4-2 victory. A, a, A great effort, and I think it shows the mental toughness of this Dodgers team and the experience of this Dodgers team. This is where the Dodgers' ability to come up short in so many different instances, I think, actually worked to their advantage. They are an experienced team. They've come up short many times, and I think if you, a less experienced ball club would have lost that game four two or three times in a row and never recovered. They knew they had Kershaw on the mound. They knew they were still an infinitely more talented team than the Tampa Bay Rays, and I love this Rays team, but let's not kid ourselves. The team with superior talent lies in Los Angeles, and they bounced back and they won that game last night, a tense game, but the guy I want to talk about is Clayton Kershaw. Now, the final line for Clayton Kershaw is not uh, amazing. It's very good. Five and two-thirds, five hits, Two earned runs, two walks, and six strikeouts got better as the game went along. He's now 2-0 in this World Series with a 2-3-1 ERA. He's been excellent. He's been phenomenal. I give him a lot of credit, but to me, that was a career-defining start for Clayton Kershaw. And the moment that we will look back on years from now as the moment Clayton Kershaw completely changed the narrative regarding his performance in the postseason was the fourth inning. He was out there with runners on first and third with nobody out in the fourth inning, and collectively, we were all saying, here we go again. Here's Kershaw in October. He's about to blow it. He, the command was down. He, he let the runner, the first runner on base in each of the first four innings. He was getting behind in counts. Joey Wendell pops out to shortstop. Willie Adamas strikes out on a curveball. Manny Margot tries stealing home. He was thrown out at the plate, and yes, he was out. I know there's a lot of people saying, oh, I think he was safe. I Will Smith, I think, got him on the arm. That was a career-defining moment. And Clayton Kershaw has come up short so many times in October. And all the criticism that has been lobbed his way, in my opinion, is very fair and justified. It's frustrating because Clayton Kershaw... And even without the postseason success, and it's not like he's been miserable in the postseason. The guy struck out more batters in October than any pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball, right? So it's not like he's awful, but just in terms of comparing regular season Kershaw to postseason Kershaw, there's a massive gap, and there shouldn't be. Last night was a huge moment for him. The player I've always compared him to, going back to another sport, is Peyton Manning. The The comparison I've always make, made is that Madison Bumgarner was Tom Brady and Peyton Manning was Clayton Kershaw, where you had Madison Bumgarner, who, didn't put, who was very good but never put up the big, gaudy, regular season numbers that Clayton Kershaw did, much like how Manning would light up the regular season and Tom Brady would, would light up the postseason in you know the first like 10 years or so of their career. Ultimately, things kind of even out. Peyton Manning did win two rings, but in my opinion, last night was a career-defining start for Clayton Kershaw. In the same way that the final drive of the 2007 
AFC Championship game changed the narrative for Peyton Manning. The fourth inning of last night's ball game changed the narrative for Clayton Kershaw. That was a bright spot in what will surely be a first ballot Hall of Fame career. I give that dude a lot of credit. One more thing I need to point out. Kenley Jansen was not good the previous night. Dave Roberts, who I'd, I'd ripped you know, for, for using Jansen there when he was clearly struggling, they went with Blake Trinan last night in the ninth, and I thought Trinan was good. I mean, not just good, great. I mean, Trinan for a second there looked like he was pitching in Oakland back in 2018. I mean, 98-mile-per-hour sinkers down in, in in the strike zone. He was sensational. Picked up the save last night. Now, this series is not over. You know, the, the Dodgers have to go back home, right? I mean, it's technically technically a home game, even though they're playing all these games in Arlington. You know, you're essentially doing a bullpen game for Game 6 against Blake Snell, who was, was solid the last time these two teams faced off against each other in Game 2. It's not over, but I thought that response by LA last night was really just a kind of a legendary response and it showed the mental toughness of this team and I think this is where this Dodgers team just hits a little bit different I think in previous seasons past this has been a Los Angeles Dodgers team that has lacked kind of that intestinal fortitude that has lacked kind of that grit and we saw in the NLCS them making that incredible comeback against the Braves. I think we saw them again in this series after what was a truly devastating loss. Like, if the Tigers ever lost a World Series game like that, I'd jump off a skyscraper. The fact that the Dodgers rebounded the way they did, Kershaw carrying them, the offense was great, got to Glasnow early, and Tyler Glasnow's not very good. And I, I've, I've tried to hold back on that take and tried to just allude to him being overrated. Right now, the guy's just not a very good pitcher, and he wasn't very good last night. Dodgers bounced back. This has been an awesome World Series, a series that has kind of saved what has been a really brutal Major League Baseball season. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0-1-4. There you'll find the link to my YouTube page. Just posted a movie review for the new Borat film. It was it was all right, actually. Or you know what? Maybe I loved it. Who knows? Huh, I'm not going to give away my thoughts. Check out my review and subscribe to my channel. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive five-star review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Got a new one recently uh, that meant a lot. Thank you guys very much for doing that. I will be right back here tomorrow. Who knows what we're going to discuss with uh, an off day for this World Series, but I'll figure out something to talk about. I always do. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.